Extended version. feel like it and can make it work uh 12 men one trophy podcast uh, the um probably the episode that everyone's been looking forward to the most out of all episodes and that's the ultimate reveal of the uh matt pentis acronym name welcome matthew greetings from denver the mile high city and home to the three and seven broncos I'm excited to be here to get today, guys, and thanks for having me on. <laughs> that was a beautiful radio voice, Mr. Pentis. Thanks yeah, for joining us. That's a very us. good voice. Yeah, I thought that was a recording. Hey, I do my best, guys. Um, I, d- I bring the A game for this podcast. <laughs> All right, so the, uh, the other voice you heard was uh, one Mr. Adam Cratch, our, our mystery guest picker. Um, he's made it this far through the season. He's got 14 and a half units left, so we'll see what he has to do tonight. I'm excited to have both of you guys on because that means I really only have to edit off the beginning and ends of this podcast, and I don't have to splice your guys' segments in, so that makes me really excited. There you go. We do what's easy for Paul. I'm excited for you, Paul. <laughs> well, it's thank also you. E- thank you. It's easy to be up to 14 units when we don't record on the weeks that i lose <laughs> Mark. helpful for all the bank accounts except for your real one <laughs> yeah, that well it's the money in this league that matters though right there you go i mean that's I why zank has saved it all up <laughs> that's why zankus has so much money left all right um so Pentis, uh, what is new in your life? What's new in your fantasy life? What's going on with Katoffel? Other than the team name, don't go there yet. We'll get there in a little bit. Uh, well, I'd say that uh, we are enjoying uh, our time out here in the Mile High City. We actually live just north of Denver in a small town called Broomfield, not to be confused with Bloomfield, which is where I grew up. Grew up. So, um, yes, uh, when I write my address, um, the uh, R tends to look a lot like an L that has a little squiggly um, on the top <laughs> of it. So um, we're, we're getting used to the uh, rapid and uh, rapidly changing weather. And I don't mean from a you know fall to 
um, winter standpoint. I mean, from a, uh, well, today it's going to be a fall day. Tomorrow it's going to be a winter day. And then the next day it's going to be a uh, summer day. So we've had some temperature swings from 13 degrees to 82 degrees in about uh, 20 to 30 hours, which is very weird for me. Um, I'm also getting used to not having to shovel the snow here because it'll snow. And then, you know, by noon the next day, it's all melted because the uh, it's sunny here all the time and the sun just melts it. So um, if anybody's looking to live in a place where you get snow but don't have to shovel it, Denver is the place mm-hmm. to be. So Sounds convenient. Yeah, it is very convenient. I believe you also asked me about uh, my fantasy uh, update uh, outside of uh, Katoffel. Um My fantasy team is not great. Um, but they're not terrible. Uh, I, I attribute that to my um, excellent ability to pick some good players and not pick other good players. Um, I will say, though, uh, and I'm, uh, I think that this is still true, um, there are five teams that have a positive point differential in our league. And I am actually one of those teams. So... They say defense wins championships, so um, and offense wins games. So uh, I'm playing the long game and just not allowing my opponents to score as much. Um, unfortunately, that doesn't reflect in my record as well, but uh, I, I feel good about that. Yeah, you're still uh, still close to 500, still pushing for a, a playoff spot here. I know Dan's going to break that down a little bit later. Um, so yeah, you know, five and six is not not a bad place to be right now. It certainly is a place to be. It is a place. <laughs> Accurate statement. All right, so we got a little little extra catching up to do this week. So looking back at week 10, um, this was kind of a shocker and probably the reason we didn't record the podcast because all of the top four teams lost. Uh, Dan lost to D'Amato. Uh, I lost to Gowell. Uh, where we go? Phil lost to Kaz and a, a nail-biter. And then uh, D'Amato lost to Truman. So, excuse me, O'Brien lost to Truman. Uh, all four pole power index tops teams. Uh, yeah, hey, I had one comment on that. Pole, I believe you tried a new strategy um, in week 10, didn't you? Because yeah, you didn't I, go with just the uh, zero-point strategy. You went with a zero-point and negative um, point strategy. Yeah, and I think that was really my downfall. Um, obviously, I knew Cooper Cup, uh, you know, uh, top 10 receiver week in and week out would uh, put the, up zero points, which I was counting on. Um, what I was not counting on was Tony Gowell sabotaging my team by trading me David Johnson, who he knew was going to score negative points against him. Um, so oh, really, that's the, only, man. that's the only reason Tony won. Um, you know, David Johnson got me minus a half a point instead of his usual, uh, you know, 15 to 20 points. And that that's the difference in the game right there. So it was a unique strategy. Um, kudos to, to Gowell for playing the long con there, but um, you know he had to he had to cheat to win. So I assume someone on the oversight committee is looking into the collusion there. I'm all over it, Cratch. <laughs> We've come full circle. Indeed. Um, the other other games, uh, Cratch in week ten, you had a pretty good win over Salverson. Uh, Pentis, you had a pretty solid one over Zankis there, and uh, Truman, uh, we already talked how Truman uh, beat O'Brien. Um, so maybe an upsetting week for some, good weeks for other teams. 
Uh, but let's look back now at week 11 and dive in a little bit more. Um, things kind of righted themselves in the universe here. Uh, Phil scored 123 points, and he almost doubled up Truman. He only only put up 75 points. Um, Truman continues to have you know minimal points on his bench. Uh, fortunately, he benched Phil Rivers this week um, and was able to play Drew Brees, who got him 22 points. So he's got got one player back from injury. Uh, you know, maybe kind of a turning point in the season, but of course Saquon's hurt again. Um, so who knows how things are going to look from there for him. Um, but uh, but Phil's team is, is still going strong. He's got Kareem Hunt back, uh, who's starting to, to put up some positive points. Um, so Phil Phil righted his ship from a loss in Week 10 and uh, is looking you know pretty strong again. Yeah, one other comment about this, Dave. Uh, this was the only matchup, I believe, where the zero-point strategy was not used this past week. Ooh, thank you. Analysis. Um, next matchup, I also bounced back, although not quite as spectacularly. I was able to beat O'Brien 95 to 78. Uh, O'Brien really tried the uh, the zero point strategy with Tyreek Hill, um, you know, getting hurt, pulling his hammy pretty early on on that, that shooty shooty uh, turf up in Mexico City. Uh, unfortunately, wasn't enough to help him out. Uh, Mark Ingram dropped 22 points, and Lamar Jackson had me 32. So the the two of those guys had well over half my points. Um, so you know it's it's scary when you get that kind of production out of two guys, and the rest of your team sucks. But worked out for me this week. Next matchup, uh, Tony Gowell with his second win in a row was able to beat Zankis 105 to 75. Uh, the the zero point player here was Tony's uh, kicker, and it was a unique zero point uh, game in that he made one extra point but missed a field goal, so got minus a point there. So he netted zero despite making an extra point. Um, so again, kudos to Tony for finding new and interesting ways to win and employ the zero point strategy. And Zangus. Well, to be to be fair, Zankus did the same thing. Yeah. Oh, so it impressive. kind of. Yeah, and uh, just Zankus's field goal was a little shorter, um, missed by a whole <laughs> uh, six and a half inches. It's it's almost poetic that Zangus and Tony would have some ridiculous stat that mirrors each other. <laughs> Yeah, Zangus uh, can be happy with only 15 points out of Mahomes. Uh, Cooper kind of had a stinker against the Lions, but uh, they were saying he was hurt a little bit. Um, and then, you know, James Conner re-injured that shoulder, so only got him two points. So, um, you know, Zangus got decent production out of Zeke and Mixon, um, which he, he needed and was hoping for. It's just kind of the rest of his team didn't show up. Yeah, it's the story of Zangus' team this year. Just We know he has good players, but they don't show up in the same week. Yeah. All right, so this next matchup, uh, Dan versus Cratch. I want to hear Cratch's side of things first, and I think this is this is pretty unique because we have three zero-point players all in the same matchup. So, Cratch, what happened here? You know, I went into this week actually kind of liking my chances to slay the the giant that is Dan and the Hawkmaniacs. You know, I came in really strong with uh, a team picture change with one Rocky Balboa choking out the Hulk 
Uh, I, furthermore, I thought savvy pickups like Jack Doyle and Brian Hill were going to, you know, kind of be the plays that would get me over the edge. And it turned out that after all that, Dan could still play two guys that did not get a single stat and still beat me by 50 points almost. So this was really a crushing blow to me. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to stay off the bourbon bitch corner, but it's not looking good so far. I'm, I'm trying to scrape the waiver wire and make my team better, but there's only so much you can do with the pig that is my team. And it's not looking good right now. Yeah, your mistake was going with a fictional avatar uh, with Thunderlips. And, <laughs> you know, my team, I did have to, have to play two zero-pointers to get the win. That was that was tough, especially with Robert Woods being inactive like five minutes before the game started. But I mean, yeah, and four points out of Deshaun Watson is never, uh, never expected nor appreciated, but... Fortunately, the rest of your team, uh, you know, was able to, to compensate. DJ Chark had a solid 26. Your kicker had a solid 11. So that's, for those keeping track at home, more than both Zangus's and Gowell's kickers combined. Um, so, I mean, other than your, your two zero-pointers and uh, and Watson kind of getting shut out by Baltimore, Dan, pretty solid week all around. Yeah, real, real trouble at the tight end position. Uh, not much I can do now. It's kind of a wasteland in the NFL, but... Um... It was looking good for me at the beginning of the season, but it's it's a real weakness for me here. That's okay, Dan. You got two other guys on the bench, so um, if you try to act more like Zankis and pick up a fourth tight end, maybe it'll work out better for you. <laughs> Should all be taking lessons from Zankis on roster management. Next matchup, uh, Salverson was able to beat Demato. Uh, 125.97. Uh, looking at the the zero point player here is another uh, interesting one, in that uh, Mitch played the Tennessee defense, who was on a bye. Um, so I just got to think, uh, maybe he didn't get Cleveland's defense in there in time for that Thursday night game, or didn't realize uh, that they were playing on Thursday night, um, and didn't want to make a roster move to to correct that. But he was able to get the win uh, because of Tennessee's zero points. Didn't need him. Yeah, I find it interesting that uh, D'Amato actually has two defenses on his bench that uh, outscored uh, his the defense that he played. So I, I, that's a it's a bold strategy that he's employing there as well. Um, one that I overlooked in my uh, roster management, but maybe I'll have to start taking lessons from D'Amato as well. Yeah, he is currently rostering three tight ends and three defenses, but that's actually pretty standard for D'Amato over the years. Um, his only having two quarterbacks is a little strange for him. Yeah. A little, little low, wouldn't you think? Yeah, he only has the two running backs on his... Oh, no, Coleman is in the flats, too. Never mind. I dis- disregard my comment. But when you see an awful lot of tight ends, kickers, and defenses on the bench, you have to wonder what's going on in Milwaukee. Is, well, they're scoring points, though. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the interesting thing is one of the, the kicker on his bench is injured. Robbie Gould hasn't played in a couple of weeks. But when he comes back, 
Golden leg. <sighs> when he comes back, he's still not going to be as good as Greg Zerline. <laughs> So, uh, interesting matchup there. And then, uh, Pentis, why don't you bring us home, break down what happened in your win over Kaz. Uh, so, it, it's pretty it's pretty simple. Um, Kaz tried to use the zero-point strategy against me, and I just um, – uh, he's not he's not used to playing someone that has a very stalwart defense, um, such as Katoffel, and uh, he just wasn't ready for it. Um, I think he also got a little cocky because he was actually the person that figured out my team name. And so he thought that he could, you know, easily like waltz over me. Now, the interesting thing about that is I believe a couple weeks ago when Kaz was last on the podcast, he had noted that he was kind of mailing it in for the season um, with the, the trade that he made. Um, however, you know, he goes last week and beats Phil. And then this week, you know, he gets a little cock, 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 eh, cocky slash confident. I can't can't speak. Um, but. I was able to prevail, you know, Ron Jones getting me those 2.4 um, points um, along with uh, David Montgomery with the 5.5 really uh, set me apart from Kaz and his 30 points that John Brown put up. And uh, I was able to escape somehow um, with the W. That was a good win. And I, I hear some bourbon being opened. I heard it opened. I heard it closed. We'll get there in a couple minutes, Dan. Any best or worst plays of the the week 10 or 11 jumping out at you? Yeah, this is a nice segue here. We're going to have some out-of-the-box best play, worst play of the weeks since it's been two weeks. But uh, the worst play of the week is what we just talked about, and that's Kaz here for that trade. Um, I still understand Kaz making the trade, but... If he hadn't made the trade, he would have won this week and have a pretty decent shot at making the playoffs. Now, I think Kaz, even if, based on what he said, even if he made the playoffs, he didn't feel real confident in going very far in the playoffs. So the trade still makes sense, but just on a very basic level, he gets worst play of the week because he beats Phil last week and would have won this week uh, having playing Fournette over Howard, assuming he makes that move. Uh, with Howard ending up being inactive, I believe, against New England. So um, he would have won this week, had two big weeks in a row then, but he traded Fournette, didn't play him, and he lost. Now, yeah, the, I mean, I, I could have seen Kaz kind of going either way with that. You know, if you didn't know Howard was inactive till right before the game, um, he could have still thrown uh Ryquel Armstead in there so I, I gotta figure part of that is just not being aware that he wasn't gonna play because he was questionable pretty much up until kickoff um so I mean assuming he had uh Fournette still he probably would have played him over McKissick or if he's feeling really gutsy he played one of those two running backs over and Gallup and his flex um so either one of those plays you know he still would have lost um, definitely having you know a, a top 10 or top 15 running back, depending on how you look at things on your roster, is uh, going to help you win more than it's going to help you lose. Um, but yeah, he's still, you know, having Leonard Fournette didn't necessarily guarantee that he would have won this matchup either. Okay, no, nobody needs your logic in this segment, Paul. <laughs> yeah, I thought the logic was reserved for the poll power index. Yeah, But maybe I, I got my the- notes wrong. Yeah, that's what the bourbon is reserved for. <laughs> oh, sorry. But that is a good point uh, all around there, but he still gets worst play of the week. 
Fair enough. So what's the best play of the week? Best play of the week, we're going to go outside the box again. Um, just because he's pushing for the playoffs seemingly out of nowhere. Um, and it's actually, he's going to get the award for three weeks in a row. And he gets it because confidence in Josh Allen, better play from Todd Gurley, better play from Le'Veon Bell, um, continuing to start Marvin Jones. But uh, Mitch is going to get it because the last three weeks, he's actually hit triple digits. Week week nine, I'm, I'm rounding up to triple digits, but uh, week nine he had just under 100. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Week... So week 9, he had 121 points. Week 10, he had 99.84 points. And last week, he had uh, 125 points. So he's actually put himself into a okay position if it weren't for his tough schedule coming up. Uh, but I'm giving him best plays of the week here just because it's a little bit opposite of Kaz. Um, his team's kind of been streaming for the playoffs uh, instead of away from the playoffs. and uh, Good for him. The effort is there. Uh, he may not make it. It may not work out, but he does have this award of best play of the week. Yeah, his uh, his running backs are definitely starting to click now that we know Gurley's healthy, now that you know they're still force-feeding Le'Veon Bell as much as they can, and the Jets' offense is even looking a little bit better. Um, you know, the, the confidence in starting Marvin Jones – is is rewarded i don't necessarily know if it's confidence this week you know josh gordon was on a bye uh brandon cooks is injured uh cory davis was on a bye and then his other receiver debo samuel being a a relatively unproven rookie um you know i think playing marvin jones there's a pretty pretty wise choice um especially retrospectively but i mean debo had 17 points on his bench too so maybe he should have been playing him over marquise brown just to to really up the the stats and really shove it in uh, D'Amato's face here. 415 arch finishes strong. Oh, spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Playoff scenarios. Not looking um, good for Pentas or Mitch. No, it is not. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, before before we get there, let's uh, let's slow things down a little bit. Let's uh, let's pop the corks. Let's pour a little and uh, and stroll on down to Bourbon Corner. Bourbon Corner. So, uh, Pentis, what are you drinking tonight? I've got a ten-year uh, Talisker uh, that I'm sipping on Ooh. right now. So, not uh, true bourbon. So, I apologize, gentlemen, but uh, it, it it fits in the Scotch category. Is a Talisker is a very good scotch. I commend you. Yeah, it's um it's from the Isle of Skye, um in Scotland. Um has an incredibly beautiful and uh, rugged landscape there. I don't know if anybody's had the opportunity to go there, but it is awesome. And um, highly recommend uh, visiting the distillery if you were there. Um, Isle of Skye has uh, some of the best sunsets I've ever seen. Ooh, some travel recommendations as well. Good to know. We're hey, we bring podcast. everything on the pod- podcast. <laughs> Dan, what are you drinking tonight? You know, nothing exciting, really. Uh, exciting for me. 
I'm just continuing with the Wellers, actually. I did buy some bourbon this week, but uh, have not popped it open, so I'll save that as a surprise. There's already so many surprises this week in this podcast, so <laughs> we'll save that for another time. Save that for the next one, or a different one. All right. So, I mean, I'm, I'm looking here at a, a bottle that's uh, shaped almost like a grenade. There's a little horse sitting on top uh, above the label uh, of Blanton's, and this little horse uh, is the letter N. Uh, so the uh, the horse stoppers on all the Blanton bottles have one of the letters um, to spell out Blanton's. Uh, so right now I currently have two N's, so well on the way uh, to, to collecting them all. Uh, this particular bottle was dumped on February 2nd, 2019 from barrel number 198, which was stored in warehouse H on rack number 56. So it's coming in at a solid 93 proof, and it is absolutely scrumptious. Were you able to Sound. pull that off of... Uh that rack dave or did you are you trusting that the person that did um, uh, correctly documented it i mean it's it's written in a nice black uh felt marker so i think that it's pretty accurately documented um the other interesting fact that this bottle is bottle number 123 so it is one two three from Old. that uh, specific barrel fair enough that would be hard to mess up Definitely. Uh, Cratch, what are you drinking tonight? So I started off with my uh, old granddad, Bottled and Bond, and that was, you know, one that I said was the first one that I really started to pick up, like, actual flavors. As I read the tasting notes, I could actually pick up some of the caramel and vanilla. And now I switched over to Wild Turkey 101, kind of my mainstay up there with... uh, is it Elijah Craig bottled and bond or one of my other bottled and bond favorites? I forget which right now, but uh, you know, this guy is a lot spicier on the front end, but still finishes with some sweetness on the back end that uh, I think I have a harder time discerning the spice over the sweet, but that's just uh, why we're here drinking the bourbon. Evan Williams bottled and bond is my mainstay, not uh whatever i said before <laughs> not elijah craig yeah not elijah craig <laughs> one of those e. e names yeah exactly well yeah, it sounds like uh, some pretty pretty delectable uh, offerings all around so cheers cheers salute prost <laughs> i don't think fun, you guys fun for... fact that oh. i just learned did, did you guys know that, you know, the Skull uh, Vodka, whatever it's called, mm-hmm. Skull Crystal Vodka, whatever, I forget what it's called, that, you know, you see a lot in college? Yes. Yep, Crystal Head. Yeah, Crystal Head. It was, it was started and created by Dan Aykroyd. Hmm. That's that, your that is fun, a fun fact, fact for the day. I actually did know that. I forget how, but <laughs> I knew that. And you didn't tell us? Can't believe you're holding out on us like that, Crash. Uh, it's a fun fact, man. How do you not share? When you just mentioned like what your prototypical college, like what do you see when you're at a college party? 
that just made me think of when I visited my brother's college house and there was just like white claws and <laughs> shitty vodka just scattered around the house. <laughs> I was like, yep, this is college. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to hear that the, uh, the college kids are drinking the claw. All right, so, then, gentlemen, thank you for joining me on Bourbon Corner. Uh, up next, um, you know, Pentis, I don't want to steal any more of your thunder, so take it away. Well, so, so first of all, Paul, um, th- this is no thunder to be stolen. This is a uh, this was a team effort. Um, I have to thank each and every single one of you, um, not only on the phone but um, as part of the league um, for these awards. Um, as, as many of you know, um, and I, I know I've gotten a lot of text messages, phone calls, tweets, Facebook messages, and uh, with trying to figure out what Katoffel stands for. And uh, we do have a winner. Um, Kaz is actually the lucky winner, but we're going to save him for last. Um, but um, I do appreciate all the guesses that came in. I do have some awards I need to give out, though. Um, because there were a lot of good guesses. So the first award um, actually goes out to to uh, Dr. Uh, David J. Pohl. Um, and his, his award is the uh, I'm the host of the show and I make Pentis change his team name every week because of my excellent <laughs> guessing skills. Yes. So, um, Pohl, you know, uh, I, had to, I had you really kept me on my toes. I had to change my team name all the time. Um, so uh, that was you know, you, I, I appreciate you making me think harder, um, every week. Um, Mr. Cratch, you, uh, you also are the, um, winner of a very prestigious award. Um, you get the collusion award. You were the first person to, uh, identify that, uh, some derivative of the word collusion was part of the team name. Um, I've got a, uh, Dan, I, I got a, award. he, he might've been, but we, 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 we just don't know. We just don't know. We might have to have a, uh, a hearing um, about it. Um, we do have an award for Dan's cousin, um, Michael J. Tr- is it Michael Truman Esquire, I believe. Um, he gets the party pooper award because uh, he didn't want to play this <laughs> stupid game. So um, he gets the poop award. Um, I hope there's a real trophy for that for him. Well, um, maybe, you know what? Maybe at the uh, Detroit Live Draft in 2020, there, there may be one. We'll just have to have everybody show up and see. Um, now, Dan, I don't want you to feel left out um, because I do have an award for you as well. Um, it's the I'm the host of the show, but never actually make a guess award. Um, so <laughs> thank you for um, you know your participation in this. Um, I know you really helped um, motivate people and get people excited. So we have hey, uh, no, two awards. Oh, I appreciate that, Dan. <laughs> But, you know, it did it did hurt me a little bit um, that, you know, you didn't even make an attempt. So I still but, you know, because I love you, I'm still giving you an award. Uh, So we've got two awards left. One goes to a person in the league, which is Christopher Kozlowski. And the other goes to a person that's an avid listener of the podcast, but is not in the league. And it is my lovely wife. And um, she gets the. your team name is Stupid Award, um, <laughs> because uh, that's what she's told me every single time I've recorded one of uh, the messages. So, um, I think, I think we should have Shelly on to rank all the team names. Ooh, 
take over Kaz's role. Maybe you should uh, yeah, do that at the last draft. I cannot do that because Chris Kozlowski gets the most prestigious award of all prestigious awards. He is the official friend of Katoffel for the rest of the season um, due to his ability to guess the team name of Katoffel, which is the colluding colluders, according to our fearless fantasy football leaders. So round of applause to Chris Kozlowski. Um, he well only done, needed, guys. I think, 37 guesses to, to pick the right <laughs> C word. Um, but, uh, no, uh, I, I had a lot of fun uh, with this over the course of the season. Paul, I actually thought you were going to get it one week um, when I had the dueling Spider-Mans as my uh, 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 pitch because um, you basically said, like, oh, I bet that those two first two Cs are the same or similar. And I was like, oh. I wrote down Paul well, as the official friend, but you never actually well, got it. Well, because then you changed your team name on me. I did. I was I right, did. and then you it's changed true. it. So. It's an accurate statement. <laughs> accurate statement. So, um, yeah, I uh, there just uh, just to recap, there are no hard feelings from last year. Um, if you guys would look at Stefan Diggs, um, he has not been – he's uh, he's hot or cold. So um, he's been good for me um, that I've kept him. Um I feel bad for Zankis because I think he's the real uh, he, he had the real loss in this uh, in this whole scenario. But I thought it'd be something fun to do. Um, I enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, I uh, I'm glad to be on this podcast and glad to be part of this league. It's a great time. Yeah. Glad to have you. Thanks for for the uh, the excitement this season. It's been fun guessing along uh, despite Truman being a uh, poopy pants. Michael Truman, party pooper. <laughs> he also brought what? Michael, did you bring? I think Mountain Dew to Bourbon Corner. So <sighs> Truman can't take you anywhere. Party pooper award. All around. Uh, so Dan, you, you previewed it a little bit, made some some comments. Um, why don't you kind of break down the playoff picture for us? What is what are the standings looking like right now? What's going to go on these next couple of weeks in the regular season here? Yeah, you know, Paul, you know, I've had uh, some of my wife's family uh, in town for the last couple weeks, and I love them dearly, and we spend a lot of time together, but sometimes they're talking in Spanish, and... I do not know what's happening. (laughs) So I sit in my chair and I do things like think about playoff scenarios in 12 men, one trophy. Seems like a good use of time. Yes. Alas, I have some interesting tidbits regarding the playoffs. So here we go. First off, we know um, myself uh, I'm currently the number one seed. Phil is the number two seed, and Pole is sitting comfortably as the number three seed. Uh, none of those three seeds are set in stone this week. Uh, they may be after this week, but probably we're going to be in the same boat this week as next or next week as in this week. But we all have all three of us clinched a playoff spot. We are the only three teams 
interestingly enough, to have clinched a playoff spot. And that may stay the same into the final week of the season. I'm, I'm pretty impressed with the league. I have no data to back this up, but based on my bourbon-hazed memory, uh, this is the first time that we've been this late in the season, and every team still has a chance to make the playoffs. And that's an interesting, fun fact. Cratch kind of pointed out earlier that he's uh, trying to stave off bourbon bitch duties. But Cratch is in a very interesting situation in that he has the, of the four win teams, he probably has the easiest route to get to the playoffs, but he has the fewest points. So he has a very viable path both to the playoffs and to bourbon bitch duties. So it's going to be an interesting two weeks for Cratch. Where do you think you'll end up, Cratch? I I think I'm leaning more towards Bourbon Bitch. This just seems like I've got a lot of good luck in other leagues, and this has been my bad luck station that uh, it's going to be hard for me. Really, I probably need to get two wins to stay off the Bourbon Bitch corner. However badly I want to see Zankus pouring his own bourbon to others at draft night (laughs) Detroit 2020, uh, I just don't see how that's going to happen. But uh, on the bright side, I will fully embrace the bourbon bitch duties, assuming we reschedule the draft to fit my wedding schedule. You're getting married again, Cratch? Yeah, we're <laughs> renewing our vows at the six-year anniversary like every normal couple does. <laughs> hey, man, it's a millennial thing. <laughs> so, so with that said... I was going to say, you have a, like Dan said, you have a, a decent chance at winning these next two games because you're playing two other four and seven teams. You got Tony Gowell in week 12, and you got Truman in week 13, um, both of which are, or so, excuse me, Tony Gowell is five and six. I'll give him credit where credit's due, but he's uh, still one of the, the bottom half teams in the league. Um, so both games are, are definitely winnable for you, but I agree that I think you need to win both of them in order to, to avoid bourbon bitch duties. Yeah, the odds of, I mean, Cratch is, you're probably relatively safe to avoid bourbon bitch, um, but you definitely have a path to get there. So we'll talk more about that next week. The magic number is seven wins. So if you get seven wins, you're in the playoffs. Um, and that's because uh, D'Amato and Pentis play each other in the last week of the season. So basically, if you get to seven, whether you're O'Brien, D'Amato, Pentis, or Tony, uh, you're going to be in the playoffs. And it's really up to those four teams uh, how these playoffs end up. Um, it could go... Any which way, even O'Brien is not guaranteed a spot in the playoffs quite yet. Uh, but seven is the magic number for those teams. I would say Kaz, believe it or not, um, maybe he should have kept Fournette. Kaz probably has the best chance of sneaking in as a four-win team uh, with Truman close behind, honestly. So uh, Truman plays Pole and Cratch. And Kaz plays D'Amato and Pull. 
so just based on points and record, that's tougher for Kaz than Truman. And you, we kind of touched on this already, but of all of the four-win teams, only Cratch avoids playing a top three team. So only Cratch doesn't play me, Paul, or Phil in the last two weeks. Um, other than that, some fun facts, I would say. Uh, that's about it. I think we hit them all. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I, I, like you said, Dan, it's it's been a really fun season, really interesting at this point. You know, only two weeks left in the regular season, and it's still possible for any team to make the playoffs, which is, you know, I agree, probably the first time we're in this position this late in the season. Yeah, I mean, things could get really interesting this week, obviously, because it's the second-to-last week. But uh, if the matchups you want to watch, just for pure interest, if Zangus beats O'Brien, that that could throw everything into chaos um, and, and opens up a lot more options for teams to get into the playoffs. Um, as we mentioned before, Pentis beating Phil makes the last-week matchup of Pentis versus D'Amato a lot more interesting. And then, of course, uh, both for playoffs and bourbon bitch responsibilities, the Tony versus Cratch is probably the matchup of the week because uh, that could make or break bourbon bitch. So, I mean, we're talking about the matchups. Why don't we why don't we break them down right now and then uh, and then make some picks? So, Cratch, you're facing Tony Gowell. Um, right now, he's not starting a tight end. Do you think that's going to continue going forward? I can only hope that uh, the tight end that I just put a waiver claim in on is the same one that he did, and I outbid him because, you know what? In fact, I need to up the bid. That's what I just realized. (laughs) Spend spend it all. Because I'm basically trying to pick up Kittle's backup, who I'm sure he's going to try to go after too. Time to up the bid, people. But I think... Uh, you know, he's projected to beat me, but I, I, I'm hoping that this is a week where my team finally puts it all together. And with like Tate coming back off the bye, uh, you know, he's shown a lot of good synergy with Danny Dimes since he came off of his suspension. I'm hoping guys like him and Hopkins show up and can, you know, kind of get me up into that triple-digit number that will probably be good enough to beat Tony with or without a tight end. Yeah, Kratz, yeah I think I, mean, it, I would ahead. say I think your team looks pretty good this week, and I like your matchups better than Tony's. I th- I w- I'm a little bit worried having Dallas against New England in there, um, and then obviously you both need a tight end, so we'll see where free agency goes, but uh, Miles Sanders should get more touches this week against Seattle's defense, which is not, you know, the famous Seattle defense of old. So I, I like your boom. I like your matchup this week. So are, are you, does that mean you're taking Cratch? Taking Cratch. Well, he should change his defense. <laughs> yes, Dan, I'm I'm gonna agree with you, Cratch. You got some good matchups, and looking at your roster, you know, you're kind of starting an optimal lineup right now um, meaning you know there's no one sitting on your bench that you're really missing because of 
of bye. Um, I mean, Damian Williams is hurt on top of his bye, so maybe you could say that. Juju Smith-Schuster is on your bench, but he's playing poorly, and he's hurt. Um, so, I mean, you're kind of starting your best lineup that you have. Unfortunately, you caught Tony on his Charger bye week, so he's down Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry, who have both been significant uh, contributors for him this year. Um, he's also down both of his uh, Chiefs, so he can't get that boom week out of Michael Hardman. He's not going to get the two points that Sammy Watkins would have given him. Um, so I think in terms of scheduling, you, you caught Tony on a good week, Gretch, so I'm going to take you here. Yeah, I think um, I need to make a pick too, don't I, Paul? Um, you know, it's tempting to pick Tony because um, you know his kicker is going up against Cincinnati, which means Boswell is going to score a lot of points. But uh, I think that Cratch's lineup is just going to have a little too much in it this week, and so I'm going to have to go with uh, with the uh, winner of the Collusion Award. All right, so Crash, that's a a clean sweep. Don't let us down. Yeah, that does not bode well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Danny said one of the, the other interesting matchups that can throw a bigger wrench in the system is Zank versus O'Brien. Um, you know, Zank has has his running back complement available. Um, he has, I believe, most of his wide receivers available. Um, you know, James Conner may or may not play with that recent injury aggravation, um, but that just means he can play Sony Michelle. Um, you know, Zangus's team, you know, on paper looks pretty good. They just haven't all put it together at the same time. Uh, O'Brien uh, is really only down Kenyon Drake. Um, so, you know, is he going to bring Devontae Freeman out of that flex spot? Is he even playing or is he going to have to rely on someone like Adrian Peterson or Gus Edwards is, I think probably a big question uh, for O'Brien this week. Um, the uh, the bye weeks also hit him pretty hard. You know he's down Mike Williams and Tyreek Hill, um, so he's he's starting uh, you know receivers like uh, Julian Edelman. Uh, he does have Tyler Lockett in there, but uh, I think he's he's coming off that swollen leg, so who knows how effective he's going to be either. Um, so this is this is a, a tough one for me right now. I think for the the sake of chaos. Like you said, Dan, I want to see Zankis win this just to, to throw a little monkey wrench in the the chalk talk. So I think I'm going to take Zankis here. Well, I think that's a good pick. They both have some pretty good luck with their buys, actually. I mean, like you said, O'Brien does have more issues with the buy. Uh, but even losing Kenyon Drake, who's been good with Arizona, he gets to play... Adrian Peterson, I assume he's going to play Adrian Peterson against the Lions. They stopped the run this past week, but for most of the year they couldn't stop the run at all, so that might be a real good play. Peterson is you know, obviously historically good against the Lions. Um, but Zengus gets some luck too because Mahomes goes on a bye, and his two quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield, is playing Miami, and Derek Carr is playing the Jets. Um so I assume he's going with Mayfield there. That should be a great matchup. Uh, you pretty much hit all the points. Even with Connor down, I'm going to take Zangus here. I hope Zangus is still invested in the league, and he switches out his defense so he can get some free points there and switches out Mahomes. And then for the sake of chaos and good matchups, I think Zank is going to win. 
Pentis, what do you think here? So um, my heart's with Zankis, but uh, I think that uh, I think O'Brien's going to win this one. Uh, I think Lockett's going to feast on the Eagles secondary, even though he is a little bumped up. Um, I don't think Mixon will be able to run the ball against Pittsburgh. I think that Zeke and Cooper um, are going to have a hard time against the New England defense, scoring a lot of points. So um, I'll be the contrarian for this one, and I'll pick O'Brien um, over Zankis. All right, Cratch, you going with Pentis, or are you going with me and Dan? Yeah, I don't think Pentis is uh, as contrarian as he was hoping. I think uh, <laughs> O'Brien can pull this one out, and it just uh, brings a tear to my eye to see that Sony Michelle, the, the guy that I was trying to get that Zinkus said was untouchable, is currently on his bench uh, <laughs> two weeks out from the playoffs. That I'm sure he uh, is really enjoying not having all of my starters for Sony Michelle right now. <laughs> Uh, you know he's he's untouchable even to Zegas. He can't touch him to put him in the lineup. Yeah, maybe he was trying to save me from myself. Thank you, Zegas. <laughs> if Zegas hadn't already made his one contractually obligated appearance on this podcast, I'm sure he would be <laughs> on to refute those points. Uh, he was just here so he didn't get fined. He's got more important podcasts to be a part of now. He hit the big time, and he doesn't have time for us little uh, little no-profit guys. Yeah. All right, so um, my matchup versus Truman, um, you know, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about it. Um, David Johnson, fortunately, is on a bye, so I don't have to agonize about him getting me another negative .5 points. Um, I seem to have uh, caught... Uh, Truman at a good time in that uh, Austin Hooper is still hurt. Sterling Shepard's still out. Will Fuller might be back. He might not. Um, and then, you know, A.J. Green is, is doing whatever the heck he's doing with his leg. Uh, but then the, the really interesting thing is, is Truman's piece de resistance, Mark Walton, uh, just got cut because he had his fourth police incident, I think, in less than as many years. Um, so... Uh, Truman, uh, lineup isn't looking so hot, um, for his sake, he's got to hope Saquon Barkley is healthy, but, you know, facing that Chicago defense is not an optimal matchup. Um, so I'm feeling pretty good here. I hope, uh, that the, uh, the Rams are able to bounce back and at least give me some points, uh, against this Baltimore defense, but I also got Jackson and Ingram running the ball back on them. So I think I'm, I'm pretty excited for that game. Um, and should be, should be plenty of points for me on both sides of the ball. Cratch, what do you think? What do you think happens here? Do you think I'm able to to withstand the Truman onslaught? Yeah, I think we've already spent too much time talking about a team that is starting Jeff Wilson Jr. Uh, <laughs> I think pull in a route. Yeah, I mean, Michael should uh, have a better lineup now. He'll be able to put Aaron Jones and Saquon back in, uh, but again. We know Truman just doesn't have any depth, um, but I expect to see Slayton, Barkley, and Jones have decent games, even though they don't have the best matchups in the world. So I think this game might be pretty close, uh, closer than we think, but Pull still is going to win. Um, Lamar Jackson's going to have another great game. So um, I think Pull gets the win, and we avoid some 
four and seven chaos in week 13. So Dan, when we say closer than we think, uh, what is what do what do we think? Are we thinking 42 points, like, like or, or or are we saying like it's going to be a 10 point game? Because I was with you, but I just want to make sure I understand. No, I, I think I think this is going to be a game that both teams hover around uh, three digits. So I'm I'm talking like within 10 points. Okay. So you're saying I need to pick up a kicker. I would suggest it. <laughs> yeah, pull, pull. I, I'd suggest picking up a kicker. Um, but you know, you 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 did try employing the uh, zero point strategy and the negative point strategy before. I think as long as you don't do that, you're going to win this by at least ten point one points. So um, <laughs> I'm going to go with you. Um, and then, provided you pick a kicker, you're going to win by at least ten point one points. Oh, well, thank you. All right, so another uh, another clean sweep here. So hopefully that uh, that bodes well for me and not poorly like it tends to. Um, next up, let's look at Kaz versus Damato. Uh, Damato is kind of ravaged. Uh, by buys, uh, really just Melvin Gordon, Dalvin Cook, Christian Kirk. His entire offense is on by. Stafford is still hurt. Um, you know, we talked about Robbie Gould being hurt, but he's still got Zerline. Um, you know, he still has Michael Thomas playing. He's still got Allen Robinson, um, I guess, if you can call him playing. Um, he's able to, to play Dak Prescott. Uh, but he's facing off against the, the, the Kaz stellar team and, you know, whatever light blue quarterback he wants to play this week. It looks like it's Kyle Allen instead of Ryan Tannehill. That might change. Um, you know, Kaz is, is starting his same running backs right now. It's Tuesday. He's got time to change some things. He's got time to get Derrick Henry back in there. Um, he's got time to think about Benny Snell um, with the, uh, the James Conner injury. Um, we'll probably get DK Metcalf in there coming off the bye. So I'm um, I'm liking Kaz's odds here. Uh, and I, I think just the, the cohesion of his team, the fact that I don't want to have to serve half the bourbon, um, I'm going to take Kaz here. I would love to see you serve half the bourbon, uh, but I am going to take Kaz, even though D'Amato has had a, a great year. He's done a great job picking players up along uh, along the way uh, but he's going to have to pick up somebody off the heap to play running back for him this week and as you mentioned just a tough week for him so uh, I'm going to take Kaz here and I also like the fact that uh, D'Amato has kind of a mostly hate but a little bit of love-hate relationship with Tyler Eifert and now he shows up <laughs> in week 12 to help Kaz beat him no oh, love the storylines there Cratch, what are you thinking in this matchup i'm on team let's see poll as half the bourbon bitch it might end <laughs> up being the ruination of our league but so be it I how is it going to be the ruination of the league <laughs> I, I see a lot of non-consensual bourbon going on that's all i'm going to say <laughs> hey, hey i'll just pour it it's up to you to drink it i see I see uh, D'Amato winning this one against Kaz. All right, Pentis, what are you thinking? Well, I'm thinking that it's 
it's it's ironic that Kaz, while he never said he was going to tank after he traded away Fournette, um, he he implied that uh, that was what was going to happen. And here we are a couple weeks later. He's gotten a surprise win um, over Phil and probably could have had a win over me last week. And you know, looking at the matchups, I'd almost and and the fact that um, O'Brien or uh, D'Amato's got a couple people um, on by this week, I'd say the odds are in his favor to actually win um, this matchup. That being said, um, I'm actually going to go with D'Amato on this one. I think he's going to pull something out of his hat, uh, but I would not be at all surprised to see um, Kaz uh, eke out a victory. That's another split decision here along similar lines. Uh, Matt, why don't you break down your matchup? You're going up against Phil. What is going to happen here? Oh, so the, uh, the, the 10 seconds version is Phil's going to kill me. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's not even really going to be close. But um, I think the first thing that has to happen is I need to find a couple people to replace in my lineup because I've got, I think, a couple of Vikings on by this week. Um, and looking at uh, the fact that Jared Goff is um, playing Baltimore, that means he's probably going to score negative points. So I'll have to go find a quarterback on the waiver wire. Um, frankly, I don't have a lot of great matchups this week. Um, Mark Andrews always uh, is coming through. He hooks up with Lamar Jackson a lot. But uh, it'll be the the battle of the Tampa Bay receivers. Um, you know, does Mike Evans continue to feast? Um, Goodwin, sorry, Godwin was uh, he was solid at the beginning of the season when Evans was kind of in and out. But since Evans kind of come back at full strength, Godwin hasn't really had a great week. So I think it's uh, I think Phil wins big, um, and it kind of solidifies my spot in not the top six and out of the playoffs, but. We shall see. We shall see. Well, you did did catch Phil uh, at a okay time for buys. Um, you know, Travis Kelsey's on a buy. Thielen's on a buy. He's been hurt for the past couple of weeks. Marlon Mack just broke his hand. Eckler's on a buy. Um, so, I mean, in terms of weeks to face Phil, this is probably a good one. Um, you know, his running backs are still Chris Carson and Kareem Hunt that are, you know, probably going to get him somewhere between 15 and 30 points combined. Um, you know, and he's still got Julio Jones and Mike Evans to fall back on. Sam Darnold has been lighting it up relative uh, to where he was. Um, so, yeah, I mean, even catching Phil on a air quotes, good week to face him, you know, he's still got a tough lineup. Um, going to be tough for you to kind of replace the the potential of Cousins to Diggs connection, Matt. Um, so yeah, I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna agree with you there. Unfortunately, and I'm gonna have to take Phil here. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Sorry, I didn't realize Phil also had Thielen on his team. So we have uh, two oppo- two uh, receivers on the same team. That would have been interesting to have Thielen and Evans go against Godwin and Diggs. But I'm pretty sure I know who'd come out on the winner on that one. But. <laughs> Dan, what are you thinking here? Yeah, like you guys said, Phil has some tough buys, but um, just has a strong team. We know that. And for the sake of chaos, uh, I'll take Phil. How does that bring chaos? Just because it keeps Pentis in the mix? Because Pentis is a 5-1 team. 
Oh, I gotcha. So you're like even more chaos. Yep. Oh, okay. Phil, Phil, lo- Phil losing does nothing. Fair. Yeah, Cratch, what do you I'll think? make it a clean sweep. All right. Uh, Dan, our last matchup of the week, you're playing Solverson. You gave him the, the good play of the week, three weeks running. Is that enough to, to carry over and beat you here? Possibly. I think he's going to have a really good week. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm finally getting back to full strength here at the right time. So that's good. I feel good about that. I think I win the matchup, but he's going to score over 100 points again. I'm happy that Gurley's going against Baltimore, but because uh, I want to keep my bye week, I'm going to pick myself. Still can't pick your game. Pentis, what are you thinking there? <laughs> um, I got to go with Mitch in this one, 715 Arch for the win. Um, uh, I think Dan has the better team, but I think Mitch is uh, kind of getting on a little roll, and I think he's going to catch Dan sleeping a little bit. All right, Cratch, what say you? Yeah, I think this one will end up being pretty close. Like, both teams, this could be one of those, you know, first and third best scores of the week are both in this matchup. But I will go Dan over Mitch. Yeah, it's it's always going to be tough for me to pick against, you know, two top five running backs versus, you know, two top 15 running backs. Um, Dan, I think your, your receivers are definitely better than Mitch's. You know, he's still playing Marquise Brown. Uh, maybe that'll change. He might kind of move some things around, get Josh Gordon in there. Brandon Cooks might be back this week. Maybe get Debo Samuel back in there. Um, so, I mean, the, the receivers could kind of even up there. Um, in which case, you know, we gotta gotta default uh, all the way down. We gotta look at the kicker battle, and you know, I think Washington is is just bad enough to where the Lions' uh, inept offense behind Jeff Driscoll doesn't have to settle for field goals. So I think Prater is uh, maybe one field goal, but mostly extra points. Whereas uh, Will Lutz will be be making it rain from all over the field. So because of the kickers, I'm gonna go with you, Dan. Well, thank you. Hey, Driscoll's been good. He's been all right. He's been competent, which I guess, what more can he ask from a backup? Bevel has been good. All right. Uh, so we, we kind of skipped the poll power index. We've talked a lot about the, the rankings, the projections. Um, not too much uh, different in the poll power index. You know, we got our top three. Um, you know, compared to week 10, which no one but me knows about, uh, there's really not any, any big changes. Um, so in week 10, Dan, you dropped down to number two. So you're hanging out there right now, despite having the, the best record, um, Phil's still scoring more points than you. He's still got a better roster. So that's going to be a, a fun one, two matchup in the, the championship potentially. Um, I'm holding steady at number three, uh, D'Amato's holding steady at number four. Um, he does kind of eke out O'Brien there despite having less wins uh, because he's still averaging 115 points a game. So D'Amato's still scoring. Um, you got to watch out for him. Um, you know, he's he's definitely one of those, uh, you know, even at six and seven, if he loses one of these next couple of games, so he's going to be a, a tough out 
in the playoffs. Pentis, uh, you worked your way up to number six. You know, mm-hmm. So right now I got you in, in my playoff teams, uh, you know, averaging about 99 points a game. Um, pretty consistent with that scoring, though. So despite Diggs being crazy up and down, your team as a whole has been pretty steady. Um, so, you know, another another good couple of weeks out of you. You'll definitely obviously be in the playoffs if you win. Um, but it could be another kind of sneaky dark horse team uh, going forward. I think mediocre is an appropriate way to describe my team. That's what I said, yeah. Sneaky dark horse. Mediocre. Oh, right. I'm <laughs> sorry. I forgot. It's kind of, you know, you're, that's that's what everyone, you know, dark horse is. You're mediocre, but you have the potential to explode if, if all the cards fall the right way. I'm the Iowa, if you will. There you go. <laughs> Just kind of holding steady and then maybe have an explosion game or two one way or the other. Pretty much. All right. Uh, back half of the league, we have five, four, and seven teams. So like you talked about, Dan, a lot can happen these next couple of weeks, potentially a couple of six-win teams coming out of the group there to get into the playoffs. Um, so it was, it was a little tough to rank these five teams. Um, it was even tougher to rank Tony Gowell because he has five wins. So he has one more win than all of these teams, but I just couldn't put him at number seven. Um, his roster strength is still poor. He's still not scoring a ton. I have no idea how he has five wins. Um, but because of that extra win, I put him in the middle of the pack at number nine. Um, I do have Cousins, Angus above him. Um, again, the the two teams that uh, have the most explosive potential. So they're they're also kind of sneaky dark horses, Pentis, um, that could you know explode onto the scene and, and potentially ruin some playoff matchups. Uh, as much as I wanted to get Gowell down to number 12, um, he still has a better record, uh, you know, better overall uh, overall wins uh, than Cratch. Cratch, you're hanging out at the bottom. You're scoring the least points in the league. Your roster should be better than it has been performing, uh, but you just you haven't beaten anyone. Um, so yeah, you really you really need these next couple of wins to to keep you out of the pole power index bourbon bitch rankings. Yeah, it never uh, looks good to be the last one to cross a thousand points. That's for sure. And you know, there's still a chance that you don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> what are you sitting at? Like nine sixty something? Ninety four. I think. I think I got this. I, you hope so, but you never know. And I mean, you're only forty points behind Gowell. You're 100 points behind Pentis. You're 105 points behind Mitch. So in the the grand scheme of things, you're not super far behind, but it definitely looks a lot worse when you haven't crossed 1,000 yet and everyone else has, that's for sure. Uh, 10 and 11, real quick, Mitch and Truman. um, Back-to-back, we're splitting hairs. You know, they're both 4 and 7. They're both basically 50 and 70 in overall wins. They're both averaging 99 or 100 points a game. Their roster strength is number eight and number 10. So, I mean, pick your favorite. Whoever you want to be number 10 can be number 10. Whoever you want to be number 11 is number 11. Party Pooper is number 11. There you go. Party Pooper, number 11. All right, uh, let's take a look at uh, the NFL games this week. Got some early lines. 
Um, so, you know, might be inaccurate by the time you're listening to this podcast, but this is what I saw at, uh, at lunchtime today. So our first matchup, I believe this is the Sunday night matchup. We got uh, Gowell's San Francisco 49ers hosting the Green Bay Packers. Uh, the line I saw at lunch was San Francisco minus three. Pentis, who do you think wins this one? San Francisco, big. They're going to cover, no question, games in the Bay. Um, Green Bay, I think I saw they were actually flying out early. Um but uh, maybe I maybe I misread that. So I think that uh, they're going to put up a valiant fight for the first uh, for the first half. But then San Francisco comes alive and um, really takes it to them. Um, they're going to win by ten. Niners. Okay. Sounds like you should be uh, maybe teasing or pleasing that pick, whichever way that actually works. I was about to say, what does that mean? Scratch, <laughs> scratch. Yeah, you would want to please the Niners to like minus nine if you think that they're going to win by double digits. And then you would need to find another team that you think they're off by six points in your disadvantage to make some real money. Let's, let's tag that one and maybe we'll thread that into the, <laughs> the mystery pick here. I don't know. This is, I'm already confused. I'll just take San Francisco minus three. And the Pentis mystery pick is San Francisco minus nine and a half. But we got we got to find a got to find a teaser pleaser with that too. I think I have one, but we'll we'll <laughs> we'll, we'll discuss later. Let's let's keep going. Uh, so who do you got in this game, Cratch? Uh, you know, Packers coming off the bye, right? That's tough. Yeah. But at the same time, they always seem to have trouble. You know, San Francisco going back to even Aaron Rodgers in his prime was one of the teams that would give them a hard time. Uh, I'll take San, uh, San Francisco on the points here. Dan, what do you think? Well, I dislike both these teams. I was really impressed with how uh, Jim, Jimmy Garoppolo hit on Aaron Andrews in a postgame interview. Uh, <laughs> And really unimpressed with how Aaron Rodgers broke up with Olivia Munn. So what? I'm going to take San Francisco here. Oh, man. I didn't know he broke up with Olivia Munn. It changes everything. I was about to say, I got to hold on. I got to go make a call, guys. Excuse me. <laughs> um, yeah, I think for, for both football and non-football reasons, um, as much as it, it pains me to do so, you know, I've picked against San Francisco before and that has disappointed me. I've picked San Francisco before and that has disappointed me. So I've just come to the, the realization that I'm going to be sad no matter what happens with San Francisco. I'm going to be sad if Green Bay wins because they're in the NFC North. I'm going to be sad if San Francisco wins because then Tony is happy. Um, but for purely uh, gambling reasons, I'm going to take the Niners minus three. Next matchup, we got Truman's Bungles hosting the Pittsburgh Steelers. The line at lunch was the Steelers plus six and a half, or excuse me, Steelers minus six and a half, so Bengals plus six and a half. Um, Dan, do you think the Bengals keep it within a touchdown? No, I, I, I've been I've been believing in them all year with covering the spread, but um, or beating the spread. I, I always confuse those two. Uh, but you have two teams, one, two teams with a lot of adversity. You have one that's been really fighting the adversity, 
um, with backups. You know, the backups get injured and they keep fighting, and that's Pittsburgh. And you have one team that just has seemingly given up. So uh, I'm going to take Pittsburgh here. Yeah, I don't don't disagree with you. Um, even on the road, uh, it's a division game. Um, you know, Pittsburgh needs needs to win uh, to have any sort of uh, semblance of a season. Um, Cincinnati's clearly already given up on the season. So Dan, I'm going to agree with you. I don't think. Uh, it's a it's a touchdown, you know, might be an eight or a ten point game, um, just because they're division rivals. Uh, you know, the the Bengals will will get up a little bit for it, but yeah, I think Pittsburgh wins this one fairly easily. Pentis, what do you think? I think that Pittsburgh wins. Um, I think they're going to be come out pretty inspired based on the events that happened on Monday night. Um, so I think they're going to kind of gel together as a team and win handily at um, at Paul Brown Stadium. Cratch, you're going to make it another sweep? I'll take the Bengals on this one. I, I liked what the Bengals have been doing with Mixon lately. They seem like they're really just feeding him the rack. I think this is going to be one of those low-scoring games where, you know, ball possession and just trying to get the field to your advantage is going to reign supreme. And I don't think the Bengals win outright, but I do think that they can cover that what did you have at six and a half you said right yeah i think they can cover that spread all right so another uh six point spread got the bears hosting the giants cratch do you think the giants are able to keep it close so this is one that if we're trying to figure out a pleaser where we please the niners to minus nine could we think about a giants outright victory would be what that would have to require but, I mean, we're talking the Bears have, are on the ropes here. They, uh, you know, bench Trubisky towards the end of the last game. That can't be inspiring confidence in the Windy he had, City. He had a hip pointer. All right. Whatever they need to say to keep that company line going. This is one that I'm earmarked for. So Giants definitely plus six and a half. And, let that stew for a little bit. Do we think they can win outright to roll it into a, a mystery pick pleaser? What say you guys? Yeah, I think I, I kind of agree with you on the logic here, Cratch. Um, you know, what's going on with that locker room right now? Sure, maybe Mitch's hip is hurt. Maybe it's not. Um, Chase Daniels is not the answer regardless of, of what uh, you do with Mitch. Um, I... I Six points, you know, it is a home game. It's tempting to say the Bears at least keep it close, if not, you know, win this game um, by by more than a touchdown. Um, I just I could see the the Giants because uh, I think they're coming off their bye as well, right? Um, you know, getting back into the swing of things. Golden Tate's back. Um, the uh, who's that other that receiver who just had like a hundred yard game and like two touchdowns off of two catches. That kid's back. Um, Ingram and, and Shepard are still going to be out, but um, yeah, I think the the Giants' offense is okay enough to keep it close, if not, um, you know, potentially win this one. So yeah, I mean, it's definitely a, an interesting pleaser pick. I'm definitely I'm going to agree with you, Cratch, and take the Giants plus six here. Dan, what are you thinking? Yeah, you guys make good points. I mean, you just don't know how many points the Bears can even put on the board, so. I mean, I would I would take the Giants outright, like Cratch was saying. 
kind of plays it up to that. So, I'm but I'll take the six too. All right, Pentas. So uh, you got two the, picks to make. You got to pick the game, and then you got to pick. Do you want the Giants in your your Pentas mystery pick, Pleaser? <laughs> well, that's a that's a, that's a tall order. Um, I think the are the Bears on a five game losing streak, or is it they've lost yes. five of their last six or something like that? And I think their last. Streak. Okay, I think their last win was against the Lions, um, and that doesn't bode well for them, even though they're at home. Um, I think that they're going to maybe put up, you know, 13 points. So my question then is, do I think the Giants can put up at least 10? And my answer is yes, I think they can. So I'll take the Giants in the with the plus six and a half. And I actually, um, I'm going to go with the the Cratch logic here and and do it uh, for the Pentas mystery pick and and uh, make it a please or complete the pleaser. Is that is that the correct terminology? Um, where I'll I'll have them actually win outright um, as part of my. How many mystery units do I get by the way? Um, eight. A mystery number. <laughs> eight. Okay, I was hoping I could convert some of my excess salary to um, mystery <laughs> units, but uh, okay, I'll I'll put eight mystery units on the uh, pleaser with San Francisco uh, minus nine and then. Or San Francisco wins yeah. by nine or more, or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's Niners minus nine and Giants plus one and a half. So effectively, they have to win the game. Yep. Okay. okay so why? So I guess explain this then, Cratch. If the Giants, or excuse me, the the Forty Niners are minus three, and you add six, why then do you add seven to the Giants? Uh, it should be six and a half, right? Plus one and a half, not minus one and a half. Or Wouldn't sorry, minus plus, a half? plus a half, plus a half, not yeah. Sorry, I misspoke. Okay. Plus okay. a half. Okay. Just making sure. Yes. No, no pushes on this mystery pick. Yeah, I think I'll push is a loss, so that's definitely at play with the the Niners minus nine. That would suck, but that's what you gamble for. I'll put it in the system. <laughs> it's in. It's in Pentis. All right. <laughs> I did not do eight units. I did one unit, but for, <laughs> for tracking purposes, well, no, what's, you uh, you did what's eight. What's the uh, is it is it one to one payout or what's it giving you? No, yeah, pleasers are six to one odds. Oh damn. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we're about to roll in cash. So right, you're saying you you're saying Pentis could have forty eight mystery yeah, points at the end of this? I will gladly <laughs> let him buy me out for twenty mystery points if he wins this bet. <laughs> <laughs> so we got one more one more game here uh we have our beloved lions uh going down to dc they're playing the redskins uh line is lions minus three and a half on the road dan i don't think you've picked against the lions all season are you going to change that now uh, i would love to uh even though i i still support the beloved lions as you said uh, at this point in the season i prefer they lose every game and get a better pick. However, there's like open revolt going on in Washington, and I feel Detroit has played better uh, this year than ever away from home. Uh, usually they play much better at home and terrible away, but I think they've played okay away, so I have to take Detroit here. They're going to screw up their draft pick like always. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get a, a middle-of-the-round pick. 
Um, I'm going to agree with you. You know, they've been playing decent. Um, you know, they looked pretty solid against Dallas. Um, just couldn't pull things out. Uh, Washington is clearly an inferior team compared to, to Dallas and some of the other teams we've played. So, um, yeah, I think Detroit wins this one outright. Um, so, you know, winning by more than a field goal, I think is very reasonable. So I'm going to take the Lions. Pentis, what are you thinking here? Um, well, I just looked it up on ESPN so I could follow. And I, I mean, I, I think the Lions are going to, easily cover that um but the the fun thing i found is that tickets are six dollars um for this game <laughs> so um that's all i have to add about this yeah you don't see that too often in an nfl game that's for sure i will you know i'll stay with the company line and let's shit all over the lions and say <laughs> that the redskins are going to get back to the ground game and Keep this one close, and I'll take the Redskins plus three and a half. All right, so pretty pretty homogenous picking, except for a couple of Cratch outliers. But uh, Cratch, what what else do you have in store for the mystery pick today? All right, I got some good ones for you guys today. Do you want the how how many more? do you have? I have two, but okay. so yeah, they're kind of weird. So all right, we'll start. I'll resize my Excel sheet here. We'll start with the teaser. We're, we're used to the teasers by now. So I've teased the Seahawks against the Eagles to keep it within nine points. And I've teased the Saints against the, who are the Saints playing? The Panthers. So the, the Saints would have to win by a field goal or more. more. They're minus two and a half. And then kind of playing the safe bet on the Giants-Bears game, I teased the Giants to 13-and-a-half. So they just have to keep it within two touchdowns. So, again, that's Seahawks plus nine, Saints minus two-and-a-half, Giants plus 13-and-a-half. That's three units to win four units. What say you? Well, so you okay i was i misunderstood your earlier point so not every teaser is a one to six you're saying that no that was, a, was that was a pleaser uh, the giant signers was a pleaser you got to think about it like if you're making it what you feel like is easier to win your bet is going to be a teaser if it's harder to win your bet that's a pleaser so like if the giants are a touchdown dog and you're saying i think they can win outright that's going to be a pleaser similar like the niners we're a three-point favorite. If you think they're going to win by double digits, that's part of a pleaser. So the pleaser was the six-to-one odds. The teaser is going to be more around even odds, depending on uh, how many points you're paying for on the teaser and how many teams you're putting on that teaser. So this was three to win four profit on Seahawks plus nine, Saints minus two-and-a-half, Giants plus 13-and-a-half. Gotcha. Clear as mud. <laughs> okay. So the, I'm looking at this. So the original line was Saints minus 10. Well, so, so yeah, at some point it must have gone down to like fucking eight and a half or something or nine and a half. Oh, I did. Yeah. So I did a seven point teaser because I wanted to get that to under a field goal as opposed to. Like, I didn't want the three and a half. So that's part of it here is I, te- I did a seven-point tease instead of a six-point tease so that they only had to win by a field goal and not some weird, like, four-point 
value. Gotcha. I think the the interesting line to me here is the Seahawks again at eight and two. I'm sure, they're coming out east of Philadelphia, but Philly's five and five, and the Eagles are one and a half point favorites. That I think is the interesting Vegas line to me, um, in the fact that I would not have made that line. Um, so I'm thinking, what the heck does Vegas know that I don't? Um, I mean, I think Seattle's, you know, able to keep it within nine. Um, I do think the Saints are able to basically just win this one. And, you know, definitely I think the, the Giants are going to keep it within two touchdowns. So, yeah, Cratch, I think this is this is a winner-winner chicken dinner for you. I like it. What what did Dan and Pentis think? I'm with you here, so, Cratch. Yeah, I'm... Um, um, Basically, I'd have to go against my pleaser if I was against you um, for some of these. So uh, all I'll say is uh, Vegas knows all. So I have a hard time going against Vegas, but um, I'll go with Cratch on this one. Well, you're not going. You're not going against your pleaser because if the the Giants just win outright, that's still Giants plus thirteen and a half. It still counts. Oh, that's yeah, I fair. Think you said if you. Oh, okay. Maybe I misunderstood him. I thought so, he was saying the same thing. We're right. If he wanted to say that, like, obviously the Giants are going to be able to cover 13 and a half if we think that they can also win outright in the pleaser. Yeah. So, I mean, you're kind of, you're hedging yeah. your bets here, Pentis. So it's smart. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Yeah, I was, uh, sorry. I'm not a, a big audio guy. I need to see it written down. But um, yeah, check it, the spreadsheet. <laughs> I, I don't have access to the spreadsheet. I only have access to the um, the the Word document or the uh, Google you, Doc because you didn't you have, send it um, across. No, it's the it's the same one as last year. I just didn't send the link again. Oh Come yeah, on, no, I didn't go back and check. Where were you from a year ago? <laughs> I was busy box. colluding, Cratch. I was too busy colluding. <laughs> right. uh, Cratch, what's the second teaser pleaser you got All for right. us? The, this one is a beauty. Let me just preface it with it's, it's five to one odds. So keep that in mind that one dollar will profit five. So I am saying that Jeff, Jeff Driscoll, or Dreff as I like to call him, <laughs> will have more passing yards than Lamar Jackson, Jared Goff, and Aaron Rodgers. So my thinking here is that Lamar never really has a lot of passing yards. Goff is always used to laying an egg. And for some reason, I'm feeling like this uh, Niners-Packers game, even though I know we, we've talked about Niners minus nine, it's feeling like the Packers are going to come in there and say, you know what? Aaron Rodgers has fully embraced his second half of his career. He is going to be handing the ball off like 20 to 30 times this game and just kind of trying to salt this down. He will not be passing the ball a lot. So to that extent, I'm saying Jeff Driscoll will have more passing yards than Lamar, Jared Goff, and Aaron Rodgers, five to one odds, one unit to win five units. What say you boys? But the Lions will not beat the spread. <laughs> You're right. I mean, two, 250 yards could do it. All right. Yeah. So – Goff is a no-brainer. Yeah, he's not gonna he's not gonna move the ball. Um, Lamar Jackson, uh, I, I think that's the hard one for me. But I don't 
I gotta look up the yeah your point I, about uh, I gotta look up your point about uh, Rogers. Mathematically, to say no that this is gonna lose is the right call. <laughs> I mean, it's it's tough to beat three top quarterbacks. Um, you know, you've you've chosen. Goff is not a top quarterback. I have him well, on my team, and he sucks right now. So he used to. Be. I'll agree with Goff for sure. Yeah, but I mean, he's still averaging 270 passing yards a game. Um, so I mean, he's still averaging more than that 250. Um, I don't know what exactly Driscoll is, has thrown for his past couple of games, but I gotta imagine it's not 250 yards. Um, you know, I yeah, I I think he, I think Driscoll can beat Lamar Jackson because Jackson's gonna put up 100 yards on the ground. Um, but I think somewhere between Rodgers and Goff, one of those guys has enough yards to beat Driscoll. So, Cratch, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you here. They're good odds, but you know they're good odds for a reason. Dan, what do you think about the uh, the passing yardage here? So sorry for the noise there. I opened up ESPN to see what Driscoll has passed for. And against Chicago, he had 46 attempts for 269 yards. Against Dallas, just 26 attempts uh, for 209 yards. But Detroit had basically their best running game of the year against Dallas with uh, both Driscoll running and Bo Scarborough running. So uh, that was fun to watch. But um, if I'm just looking at this and I think that there's a chance he's going to throw for more yards than two out of three of those quarterbacks, and it's five to one payout. I'm going to take it. So that's a yes. Right. I'll uh, I'll take the odd scratch with that as well. Um, I think because the Lions are playing Washington, they'll be able to move the ball a little bit through the air. Goff will not put up more than 200 yards. Um, Jackson won't need to. And I'll say that San Francisco's defense keeps uh, Rodgers in check. I like it. All right, yeah, some some good mystery picks all around this week. Um, I'm really excited for Pentis to end up with way more uh, (laughs) mystery units than Cratch could ever dream of. (laughs) Uh, um, so yeah excited to uh to see what this week has in store for the nfl for the 12 men one trophy uh just for football should be good football uh gentlemen any uh closing thoughts comments suggestions concerns well thanks for having me on guys this was great um really appreciate uh the podcast um long time listener second time caller in to the live uh live version so appreciate uh, everything you guys do yeah mm-hmm. thanks for being on and thanks for uh having the new wonderful segment are we gonna have another new acronym next year uh well i don't know so it, it it's gotta it's gotta come naturally this isn't something you can force and frankly, I really think that the English major would probably be better at this than I would. Um, so 
I mean, we'll for making see. up for making up a new team name every week, I think you did pretty good. <laughs> so, um, real quick, actually, this is a this is a question. Um, how many other teams have changed their team name every year in this league? I know Kaz has, and I know I have. I don't know if um, anyone else has, though. I think I have. I went from like Game of Thrones to Truman Show to now beat by DeAndre. Okay. But so I think probably and then Paul and Dan, I think both have two, right? Uh, I changed it this year. I had been uh, exactly as we drew it up for a while. Oh, yeah. So I guess I'll have to keep it going. Yeah, maybe I will. Maybe I will have another uh, acronym, but it's got to be a, it's got to be a good one. It can't be a waste of everybody's time. Yeah, hey, look forward to for, but wasting your time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, yeah, Let's thanks see. again for for coming on and uh, uh, accommodating our rescheduling. Oh, absolutely! Looking forward to seeing everybody at the uh, 2021 live draft in Denver. <laughs> <laughs> Put it on the books, but before then, 2020 live draft Detroit. Probably the weekend before Labor Day, maybe. Looking at the the macho man, Randy Savage, off between Dan and Kaz. And whoever wants to participate. (laughs) I feel like Cratch and Tony really need to sit down and hash out the date of the draft because I feel like they are the two most likely people to both definitely come but have conflict. So balls in your court, Tony and Cratch. Yeah, you guys figured out. Also, Pentus, considering I'm I'm remembering now and I'm looking at old team names, considering your team name at one point was last single season, and I believe that was in reference to your upcoming nuptials to Shelly, uh, I think she should do team name rankings. I feel like she's been a part of this league for a long time. I think that's appropriate. That would be appropriate. We'd have to get her to actually do that. Um, she came by earlier and I asked her if she wanted to be on, and she said absolutely not. So um, <laughs> I think that uh, I think that her odds are pretty good. Um, yeah. I'll just have to work her a little bit. Um, just have to do it and, live. Uh, yeah, it'll have to be at the uh, 2020 live draft. That's not on Labor Day weekend. Or is in Iowa? We don't know. have to wait and see well we gotta wait for uh tony and cratch right yeah wait for them to figure it out and of course if anyone else has uh some conflicts feel free Uh, looking at you zangus i'm trying to get tony to agree to come out the weekend before labor day just stay the whole week tony yeah if you could just um he could come like maybe about halfway across the country, and then you guys just go halfway across the country, and we can meet there. That would probably be a good spot <laughs> for everybody, don't you think? <laughs> I'm just tossing out maybe there. Maybe around Denver. Yeah. Well, you said it, not me, Paul. You said it, not yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, I'm sure the critical mass is in Detroit, so that makes sense. 
And sir, I wasn't able to join you guys at the uh, Chicago draft. I heard it was a blast, and uh, the uncut version was excellent. <laughs> Glad you enjoyed it. All right, Dan, what uh, what mystery song do you have tonight? Uh, in honor of Disney Plus, we're going to play the theme of not the live action, but the famous cartoon, The Mighty Ducks. Yeah, they really, really kind of leaned into the Mighty Ducks thing. Yeah, they they bought an NHL team. (laughs) (laughs) So Phil just texted me. He dropped Trey Burton from his IR and didn't realize it would ruin his cap. So now he has less than a million dollars left. Wait, how does that work now? Phil does this a lot. So every year Phil does something, and he once he finds out when it actually happens, he gets he's like, oh, well, Paul, like I need you to fix this. <laughs> how does that? Oh, because like half the. Uh, yeah, it's only half the cap counts while you're on the IR, so it must have accounted uh, the other half. This comes from the same guy that uh, texted you, was it last year, saying that he wasn't able to get a uh, oh, yeah. tight end or something, <laughs> and then you find out that he just didn't bid high enough for it. Uh, <laughs> I don't remember he, that. <laughs> he has less than a million dollars cap space right now. Sounds I mean, like he's going to... Roster manage better. But why? Yeah, I see he doesn't need to make that many moves going forward. Oh my god, look at these unrostered players on his team. <laughs> Holy fuck. Let me read it off Andy Dalton, Jimmy G, Ben Roethlisberger, Daniel Jones, Jas Rosen, Jalen Samuels, Ty Johnson, Rashad Penny, Reggie Bonifon. Jalen Samuels, Isaiah Crowell, Deion Lewis, Ty Johnson, Jordan Wilkins, Cole Beasley, Chris Hogan, Dante Moncrief, Cole Beasley, Alan Lazard, Adam Shaheen, Trey Burton, Mason Crosby, Matt Gay, Jason Meyer, Stephen Guskowski, Jake Elliott, Joss Lambeau, Carolina Indy, Chargers, Chargers again, Tennessee defense. (laughs) Chargers again? Yes. He has more like a $31,000 contract with the Chargers and a million dollar contract with the Chargers that are both on his cap right now from ads and drops. Yeesh. Paul, your list of unrostered players this year is remarkably small for you. Yeah, I know. I uh, haven't made that many moves. I've There have been a few guys I've looked at cutting and have been pretty close and there might be one coming this week if i decide i need a kicker um but yeah not you know not a lot of roster turnover this year which is you know been both a, a good and a bad thing so wait which guy was on his ir that he's now saying oh pretty please fix it for me 
Trey Burton. So Trey. he's he had like a seven million hit this year. Oh Eight yeah, or something shit. next year. So <laughs> I mean, so so yeah, I think basically he went from having potentially four million in cap space to right. none. <laughs> yeah, he just texted. I went from four mil cap space to nine hundred k. I mean, why? So who did he put on his? Put Jarrett. He's trying Allison. to. He's trying to put someone else on. Yeah, he put Allison put, on his IR. What the fuck? That person? Oh, because he actually wants to keep that player. I mean, that's right. on him. It, it. I'd say the math is all working out where he could. It's doing exactly what you want it to do. Yeah. I'm sure you got the warning. Right. Yeah, I mean, the, the box pops up anytime you drop a player that's under contract saying you're going to pay this amount. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fixing to do. Well, that doesn't seem like it's worth your time. It's, it's definitely not worth my time tonight, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, he'll survive. Alrighty, boys. Have a lovely evening. Good job. Good night, everyone. Well, oh yeah, stop recording, Dave.